Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Love you guys, man. Yes, sir. Love you too. Man, proud of the determination, man. You talk about determination, pure grit. Everybody fight to their last play. That's what it's about, man. And we punched our ticket. I'll tell you what, man. From here on out, you dig deep, you stick together, you find a way. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. Let everybody keep doubting us. Friday would have been a good day to buy stock in Wilson, New Era, right? Right. Footballs and hats galore. (laughs) Yes. After week 18, 272 games in the books. It's PFT Live here on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports NFL podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And this is a great day. For most people. For most people. (laughs) But it's a great day if you love the NFL because we've got six games set for next weekend. Yeah. Fell together just, just right, right to give us the perfect matchups. I think and so. For the first time ever, one network has three games yeah. on one weekend. Right. Now there's six. The three out of four on. would be the something. The one we're on, so we'll pub it hard. Three out, of, three out of four. Well, if we don't, who will? Yeah. Three out of four would have been a little much. Three out of six is fine. Yeah. We got three out of six, including the Saturday night game exclusively on Peacock. And I'm already getting the emails complaining from people who don't want to go by Peacock. Look, if you're watching this, you either have Peacock or our show live is still free. I don't know. But, folks, think about how much you're saving. I know that I'm going to sound like a shill here. I don't care. Think about how much you're saving by not paying for cable and all those channels you never watched. At least in this day and age, you get to buy what you want. And when people say, oh, now I have to go get another streaming service, get rid of one of them. 
Get rid of the one that doesn't have NFL games. Get I mean, one of them. One I mean, yeah, just that doesn't have Mahomes versus Tua. Exactly. <laughs> and and if you just want to get it for one month, it's five ninety nine to watch right. the freaking game. Right. What bargain? What stuff can, will people five ninety nine on? Yes. all the dumb crap in the world. People spend five ninety nine. And, and I, encur- on. I encourage you to keep it for more than a month. But if you just want the game, it's it's five ninety nine for one month, and yeah. you should have gotten it in late December because then you would have gotten Bills Chargers too as part of your one month package. Right. But there's, I mean. People complain about anything and everything, and that's fine. If you want to complain to me, complain to me. They don't pay me to deal with it, but I'll deal with it. They may not like the responses that I send, but I'll deal with it. But come on. Come on. So anyway, game on NBC, Saturday afternoon, Browns at Texans, rematch of a game from a few weeks ago when the Texans didn't have C.J. Stroud. Then we've got Tua and Tyreek going to Kansas City, where I think it's going to be negative five. And then on Sunday night, gosh, we we got Matthew Stafford. Going back to Detroit for the first playoff game ever at Ford Field, their franchise quarterback, supposedly the, the answer to Bobby Lane, right. comes back as a member of the Rams to try to beat the Lions. Just an incredible uh, weekend it, coming It really up. is incredible. I mean, McCarthy, right, playing Green Bay, they're coming to town. Uh, I mean, it is. It, it really like worked out the right way with a lot of great rivalries and little uh, nuances to the matchups, but... I, the thing I'm most excited about, like like you said, it's wild card weekend. We got three good days of football next week on the weekend. The weekend after that, divisional weekend's my favorite weekend of the year, right? Yep. Where it's it's two, it's really the eight best teams in all of football, and they're going at it and trying to punch a ticket to championship weekend. So how could you not be excited? And then what about like, you know, just hey, we talk about it all the time. The playoff, you talk about the matchup, it worked out for us. It worked out for us. We're always rooting for the best seven teams in each conference to make it. I truly whoa. look at this. Whoa, whoa, I know. whoa, whoa. I know. Somebody's I know. come around. I know. Somebody's come around. <laughs> Did we you can play the tape. <laughs> I don't know what the steal. I don't know what the steal. You, you didn't hear me in the viewing room yesterday. I did hear you because okay. I, I parked up. I was like, oh, wait a <laughs> yeah. minute. This right. guy was anti-Steelers. Right. He doesn't want the Steelers <laughs> in the playoffs. Steelers are going to get killed in the playoffs. Well, now he wants the Steelers in the playoffs. Did you watch the Jaguars yesterday? Nobody wants them in the playoffs. All right. So we got about like through the first quarter of the of the Jaguars-Titans game, and I think me and James Kaminsky, who's one of our you know great workers on our, our Football Night in America show, and he kind of looked at me and he's like, "Man, Jacksonville stinks." And I kind of looked at him and I was like, "It's unbelievable." It was they embarrassing. Yesterday. I was like, "We, you're right." I was like, "We don't want them in. The hell with them. I'd rather have Pittsburgh in than Jacksonville. They'll be more exciting. They'll be more physical." So I do think ultimately, hey, that spot was a little up for grabs, yeah. But Pittsburgh sold me with their effort on on Saturday night, and this that their overall you know, DNA and culture they have there. So that's the best thing is I do think we have the best 14 teams. We got great matchups throughout. And I think what always that does is limits the bad matchups going forward so we don't have bad games and blowouts and things where we want to turn the TV off. Every game this weekend has storylines, plural, where you can get excited. Right. And there's reason to say, oh, man, you know, this one could go either way. I mean, we're both high on the Browns, but yeah. you know what? I know. C.J. Stroud they, back in they the game. They beat them without C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And anytime there's a rematch of a game that was already played in the regular season, yeah. there's a chance that – I always favor it, the team that loses. It, it, it turns the table. Usually, right. You get another shot. Yeah. Well, think about it. You know, one team goes, wait, we did all this all well in that game. Let's, let's do that again. The other team's watching that going, we have to stop that let alone we need to change a few things up. They obviously had a beat on us. So the team that loses, from that standpoint, does have a little advantage, let alone, like we always talk about too, 
the fear factor. You know, the team that, you know, lost the Houston Texans the first time around, they're going, oh my gosh, we didn't beat this team. So they're going to be all over practicing hard, making sure they give 100% across the board and everything, or they're going to go, we could be down 36-7 to again like we were in that game the last time. So that is where the losing team does have the advantage, and then they're going to be able to sell to themselves, hey, the best player on our team wasn't even playing in that game either, C.J. Stroud, and that certainly will, you know, even the even the playing field a little bit in this one. You also get that house money vibe, and nobody expected Texans You're right. to be here. Right. With the Browns, the Browns, it was so wide open, and they were such a wild card like We saw the, the talent, season. but we were like, can they yeah. all come together and do it? Right? I think both teams could make the argument that yeah, they aren't expected to be there. But for the Browns, the reality that they were going to be here, I think, was cemented earlier. Yeah. The Texans have more of the vibe of – we're yeah. not supposed to be here. Let's yeah, just right. go. Let's just go do our thing. Let's We're playing thing. at home. Maybe call a trick play here yeah. and there. Oh well, whatever. let's come out. Let's right. come out for a snap and throw it seventy-five yards for a touchdown. Man, was that I mean, beautiful? You know, they've already stepped up in a big spot. Yeah. and taken it. Right. So they're not going to be conservative. They're going to try to take it. No. The Browns are going to have to be ready for it. Yeah. And we'll be talking about all those. Browns games took a all week, week off long. last day, yesterday, and the Texans yeah, you, played a playoff you, game. You on go, Saturday you go into the the postseason getting stomped by a division rival. And I know you didn't try, but that still isn't something that washes off easily. Yeah, sure, you got to reset sure. on that and refocus, and you're playing on Saturday. you got a quick turnaround. All right, um, the season ended with the Bills at the Dolphins. It was an exciting game. It was a close game for a while. It looked like the Dolphins were actually going to pull it off. And then the Bills, after a slow start, by Josh Allen with a couple of interceptions. I mean, he started clicking. Right? Stephon Diggs makes an appearance. Yeah. The defense steps up when it needs to. Special yeah. teams makes the big play with the long punt return to right. tie the game up. And the Bills have won their fourth straight AFC East title. And they're the number Incredible. two seed. And, Incredible. And here's the, here's the thing to remember. The two seeds never lost since they've gone 2-7. Yeah. But the Bills twice yeah. have won only by three points at home. Right. The Colts gave them a scare three years ago. Last year, the Dolphins yeah. only lost by three, and this year, the Steelers come to town. So, 2-7, you think, eh, 2-7 could be good. Both 2-7s could be good. Yeah. You got Packers-Cowboys in one conference. You got Steelers-Bills in the other. But the Bills, to their credit, after they were done, yeah. after it was over. Yeah, wobbly Jenga Tower. The, the, the Jenga Tower was down. Yeah. Then that 20,000. They need to send Tyler Dunn something. Right. They need to give him a Super Bowl ring if they win one. Because that 20,000-word article yeah. galvanized and coalesced and right. circled the wagons, right. to use the Chris Berman term. Everybody circles the wagons at Buffalo Bills. They circled the wagons around Sean McDermott. And Rasul Douglas told me eight, eight, eight days ago, that was the moment. That was the moment. And... You know, they were, they were shaky the past couple of weeks, but they got it together last night. They went in Miami, and they're the two seed. Who That's would have right. ever dreamed? Right. It was all tracking. They're not going to make the playoffs. You and I were right. They're not making the playoffs. And then they hit rock bottom, and they went the other way. Yeah, it, it, impressive. I think speaks to the quarterback, the head coach, right? You know, their leadership. Of course, they got some other veteran players who are top-notch. We showed Ed Oliver, you know, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde in the secondary stand up like lifelong footballers who are going to hold it together. So I think that was important to them. Uh, and then last night, what we saw is I think this thing that scared us with the Dolphins, when a game gets ugly and grimy, the Dolphins don't win period. When the game's pretty and wide open, it's fun. And it's the Harlem Globetrotters fast break offense type of stuff. The Dolphins look awesome. And you think, wow, this is the greatest thing to watch. Right. But as we've seen, bills know how to defend them. They make it ugly, right? Really felt like, they controlled the game throughout. You kind of explained it right. It was the Josh Allen mistakes. I mean, Miami's defense never stopped Buffalo the whole night. 
I, I mean, there's a reason Josh Allen is responsible for 400 and what, 26 yards of total offense, right? I mean, he had an incredible night. He really did. But in those incredible nights and those plays, those eight incompletions you have, it can't be like, oh, my gosh, that happened in one of those eight completions, right? We saw the first interception in the end zone. Should have been a touchdown. Tight end was wide open in the back of the end zone. Wide open on the play before, I should say, right? So that's where I'm messing up. Sorry. On this play, this is just a horrible decision, and you can't just throw that not knowing what direction the receiver is going to break. So that's just reckless and stupid, and he's got to be better there. The second interception wasn't much better, but there was a fourth and two. There was nothing there. He had to make something happen, so you can live with this one. It's not the worst. It's like a de facto punt almost to a degree. So that's would have been better just knocking it down. Yeah, it would have been better knocking it down. And then, of course, he gets stripped while they're in field goal position. They're getting down there close. But you see here, I think he's got the guy in the flat to the left. He should have put it on him. I guess he didn't feel comfortable about it. Now he's stuck, and he's got to throw a Hail Mary, and he takes a big hit. Right. But so and then here's the strip by I believe this was Christian Wilkins who got it right out of his hands. And yeah, it was a game where you really felt like, wait, Buffalo should be winning this. Buffalo controlled this. And then you felt like, wow, Miami kind of had things going in their direction. And it was like, wow, Buffalo's just going to screw this up the whole night. And then the punt return happened. The play of the night, really. Right. And it felt like when that punt return happened, total momentum swing and it was all on Buffalo's side from that play on when you look at what Allen did and this is what we were saying last week as the games become higher stakes you you say unleash him he had 15 carries for 67 yards he had that great what run on that was insane well there was and Jason Garrett and I were watching the car back yeah to the hotel. I was in the and before the snap, podcast. I said he's going to run it. Look at this. Look at I this. I said big he's effort. going to run it. Look at this. He there's three guys around well, him. And tackle him. And Jason they didn't want him. Tackle him. Tackle him. I mean, watch why this didn't is want what, him. but this is what you were yeah. saying last week. Right. Look, watch number 4. Yeah, I don't want to like, rip ah. number 4, but he's the same guy that played two-hand touch with Isaiah Likely last week yeah. when Likely was on the sideline. And the same guy that didn't tackle Stefan Diggs in the first game. Well, so there the you go. Touchdown. I mean, yeah. what you it's tackle football. It's not two-hand touch. Yeah. I know some defensive players think they're trying to make it two-hand touch. They haven't made it two-hand touch yet. You've <laughs> yeah. still got to tackle the guy and bring him down. And you get, I mean, I want to be careful how I say this, but you get a free shot at the quarterback. Yeah. And you don't take it. Right. Because this guy's a freight train coming at you. No but doubt. still, I don't – and again, we see some things on hard knocks. This is your point, and I, I don't want to get the Dolphins all riled up, and I don't want to give them extra motivation to go into Kansas City and win, yeah. just the normal motivation they should have. But where is that toughness? That, that, where is that edge? Where that is that? If you come running wall, at me, right, right. I'm going to come running at I'm you, gonna run through and you're going to wish you hadn't come running right, at me. Right. I think that's the one thing the Dolphins miss. Uh, that to me. And you know, I think the world of Mike McDaniel and a lot of the guys down there and that team, and they're, they got a lot of special things, certainly. But yeah, b- between watching hard knocks and, and the season and what we see on football, on the field two years in a row, yeah, to me there's still a grittiness and toughness that the Miami Dolphins don't have to put them in a, you know, Super Bowl caliber type of football team. And I'm not saying they can't get there. I know they're still dangerous, but it, it looks like it's going to be tough with the injuries. And again, you know, they just prove when they're in these type of games, life isn't that easy. We, we've seen, too, I think on top of that, that people, the good coaches, the teams that have the personnel that can play with it a little bit, they've caught on to their offense, right? I think that's the other thing, too. Now, people have caught on to the Buffalo offense to a degree, but back to that and what you were saying there, he's a freak of nature. 
I mean, Josh Allen, he makes you defend the whole field because who knows where he's going to throw? 60 yards downfield, 60 yards on the sideline, running around, doing 360s, throw the ball across the field. Oh, here he's scrambling. Oh, he keeps it on the read option. I mean, he made a ton of phenomenal plays last night. 30 for 38, 360 yards, two touchdowns, almost 70 yards rushing. I mean, it was a Josh Allen performance. If he doesn't have the turnovers, we go, oh, wow, that was like carrying your team, put him on the back type of stuff. But those turnovers is what he's got to wash away, and they can be a Super Bowl contender because I do think they have the grittiness and toughness. And with him at quarterback, like you see last night, you know, he's a, he's a one-man show. And the biggest thing, Mike, and I think you'll agree with this, they are at their best to mean when the stat line looks like this. Six to Shakir, seven to Diggs, seven to Kincaid, four targets to Sherfield. He got three catches, two to Dawson Knotts. When the, the wealth is spread, right? We've talked about that. And that, to me, is why they moved the ball up and down the field on the Dolphins last night. You know, when you started saying what you were saying, I was thinking that Mike McDaniel needs a John Lynch, somebody who's going to go out and spot that defensive kind of guy, players. Right who can complement right. what you do offensively. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's offense alone isn't enough to make the 49ers what they are. Without a defense that has a bunch of guys on there that will hit you hard, that will tackle you, that won't two-hand touch you, yeah. that, that you're going to have second thoughts before you run into the teeth of that defense – the 49ers would be no different than the Dolphins. Yeah. They really wouldn't. They'd be a finesse team yeah. that has a hard cap on right. what they can do. Right. And you look at what's going to happen on Saturday in Kansas City, and I'm looking at it right now. Snow on Friday. Saturday, high of 19, low of zero. Right. So and that game, when game. they play at 8 p.m., yeah. it looks like it's going to be five degrees Woo. and falling yeah Miami Dolphins that's not the, Miami the, weather that the team that the team that if it ever is Miami weather it's time to go dig your bunker and get in it but the <laughs> team that sure. that I think one of the few teams that you say boy they really need home field advantage in yeah, the playoffs they and they had their shot last right. night to get right. the two seed and guarantee at least two home games and now they got to go to Kansas City be careful what you wish for Tyreek going back to Kansas City it's going to be five degrees but you know we showed to his stats, 173 yards and a couple of interceptions. Yeah, right. And that, that, that first interception encapsulates our fair and constructive criticism of Tua. Yeah. There's too many times where the ball is underthrown. Right. When you have this guy who's the best downfield threat that we've seen since Randy Moss, arguably, and you underthrow it by seven or eight yards. Chris Collinsworth said last night that ball was underthrown by seven or eight yards. Definitely. You can't have that. Yeah. You've got to get the ball to Tyree Kill when there's a crease, not underneath, and somebody comes over and picks it off. Exactly right. You've got to throw this one out there. The, more, the, more, the higher you throw the ball, the farther you throw it out there, the more he's going to win and pull away from everybody. And then here, a deep out route, the second interception. And again, this is to me one of the problems the with the Dolphins. The bad read. Two guys threw it into coverage and uh, two right. guys right there. Okay, bad read. It, this is where his arm strength gets him in trouble because he's got to anticipate it. He can't just see it and go wait. Uh, I, gotta, I can wait to the last second like a Josh Allen or a Mahomes and have the luxury to see it come open. And then go, oh, wait, it didn't come open. I don't have to throw it. And this is the, one of the problems with the Dolphins. We kind of broke this down on the pregame show last night. You know, it's, it's tosses on the edge. It screens to the receivers, and then it's boom, boom, boom over the middle. And we've seen that the Ravens, the Bills, right, the Eagles earlier this year, the Bills the first time around, 
they knew how to take away that aspect of their offense. And then you start to go and you go, okay, so what else is there? Where else does Tua throw the ball other than right here? It's a little bit Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49ers-ish in that way to where you can almost play them areas. I understand that he's better than that and more explosive, but I'm just saying as far as playing those areas. And I think that's also what's a little concerning with Miami because – uh, as we always talk about, good offenses make you defend the whole field, and they don't sometimes because of their inability to throw the ball deep down the field or outside the numbers on the deep outs. But you're right. That was a play early on in the game where you go, they should be up 7 nothing. He threw a go route to Tyree Kill, 35 yards, 35 yards. Tyree Kill, we blink and he runs 35 yards. Right. So you've got to let that out there. And uh, yeah, you know, they they had a few plays early like we see. But as the game goes on, they kind of stall out and they can't really put drives together or make the big plays that we saw, you know, especially in the first half of the year. Everything resets going into the postseason. The records go out the window. All that matters is who you play and where. But you look at the two passing yardage leaders for Mm -hmm. 2023. Tua Mm -hmm. Tonga-Vailoa, 46-24. Jared Goff of the Lions, 45-75. There's a chance next Monday. One of the things we're talking about as we sit here is both these teams really have to ask themselves who their long-term quarterback is. And I don't, I'm not saying that it will be. I'm just saying you know how that finality yeah. and, the, and just the, as the air completely goes out of the balloon when you lose. And six teams are going to lose right. next Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And part of the scout. aftermath is, right. yeah, how do we get to the next level? There needs to be a greater toughness on defense for the Dolphins. They've picked up the fifth-year option on Tua Tonga-Vailoa. The belief has been they're going to try to work out a long-term contract after this season. There's a chance the can gets kicked a year, and the Dolphins say, we want to see one more year. We saw you healthy. Yeah. But before we unlock major money, now maybe they're willing to do something that yeah, like mid-level. mid-level right. But that, that's, right. You know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about that, but keep an eye on that because yeah. – you know, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's it's going to be five degrees. It's the Dolphins. I don't care who they're playing in five degrees. They could be playing Appalachian State yeah. in five degrees, and I'm going to give App State, I'm going to give the Mountaineers the a, well, a fighting yeah. chance. It's and five know, degrees. It's Miami right. Dolphins. And it's Kansas City. And we know. And we've been there in snow and cold, and Kansas City doesn't give a damn. And Mahomes throws rifles all over the field that spin so hard, you're like, what? Can he really throw it like that in the weather? Like that? So, yeah, that's where you look at it and go, that's a little troubling. I think you couple that with, you know, the Dolphins haven't been playing their best ball and the injuries they have, really, right? Again, we saw a, another edge rusher and Van Ginkle go down last night. Who else? They're thin on the D-line as it is. I mean, they've just brought in Melvin Ingram to, to start playing football for them here. He hasn't done anything all year. He was covering Dalton Kincaid last know, night. That's I, how thin it got. Yeah, seriously. So that's where uh, I, you do worry about you know, the Miami Dolphins, their, their mental state. And, and, of course, uh, their physical state and how they feel about going to this game. It's a tough shake, too, because they only have a, a six-day week. They get the shorter week yeah. after a physical you know, late-night Sunday night game. And now here they are going to Kansas City, like you said, five degrees, and they're on a two-game losing streak. And that's rare to see really quality football teams that make deep runs in the playoffs on a two-game losing streak going into the playoffs. And here's the other side of it, too. Now, they won't know definitely where they go if they win right they won't know that a win sends them back to baltimore but it will unless the steelers beat the bills the next day that's right and really when you consider the bigger picture 
if what's awaiting you as your reward (laughs) is a trip back to Baltimore and another game against the Ravens, it isn't exactly the kind of thing that's going to unlock a well of motivation to go beat the Chiefs. We see a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, it's the Ravens. (laughs) The Ravens again. (laughs) Again, we just saw this movie. I'm not interested in going back to the theater a second time. And that's a real dynamic that may be articulated by some players, may not just be a given in the locker room like, man, you know, we've played 17 games and we win this one in Kansas City in five degrees. We're going to go to Baltimore. But, but, you know, for some guys it may be if we could win in Kansas City, then we have the belief we could go to Baltimore. But still, sure, sure. the Dolphins had a vibe. They had a glow. Right. They had a- when did it end, right? When was the moment where it started to go, wait, this isn't just going to – like oh. I mean, they end up being the number one offensive football by three yards. I think it ended against the Ravens. The Ravens? Because they were still yeah. talking themselves into this. Yeah, because, okay. Okay. You know, last year when they got into December, they lost five straight games. Right. And Mike McDaniel, if you watch Hard Knocks, was very focused on a different December than yeah. last year. Right. And everything was still clicking. And they beat the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Think about what a difference two weeks made. Right. They beat the Cowboys on Christmas. That changes the narrative. Right. Oh, we can beat a good team. Right. 50. 6-19 and then lose at home with so much. One of the highest stakes regular season games the Dolphins have ever had yeah. where they know what it means to them. Two versus six at home, prime time, and they don't get it done. Yeah. I think I think it was last Sunday. You think that when was it, it all when it was all dramatic. And that's the thing, it's so much to process. Right. When you're talking about a room full of guys in their twenties, some in their thirties, but we got a lot to process here. We're not who we thought we were. Yeah. How do we get it back? Yeah. We see how long it's taken the Eagles to kind of figure out what the hell they are and who they're going to be. The Dolphins have a much more compressed time frame to figure out what the hell, where were we wrong? You know, you know that feeling like when you think you know who you are and you think that everything you believe in is accurate. Yeah, sure. And then you have one of those days where you're like, well, maybe everything I thought was wrong. I know. And then you got to figure all that right, out and right. reset and regroup right. on the fly. Yeah. It's hard. You know, I was talking about that with the Bills. They bottomed out at a time when they had a chance yeah. to truly regroup right. and dig their and way build, out of it. Build it up Sometimes again. if you yeah. have that rude awakening too late, yep. it really isn't enough time to figure it out before you're facing single elimination football. No, yeah, that's exactly right. You just don't get that chance to maybe play the a bad team or whatever, a matchup to kind of go, oh, okay, we got a little – we got a win. We got some confidence going. There's some things to build on. No, you know, you don't have that time. You're playing – one of the six, seven best teams in football, right? So you got to deal with that. That Chiefs game in Germany was my first, like, whoa. They were all over, you know, Miami stuff. The Tennessee game on a Monday night, right? Early yep. December. Yep, forgot about that, that one. That was when I was kind of like, whoa, like Tennessee, really? Like they just kind of made the game ugly and beat them up up front and found out how to take away Tyree Kill like we talked about. And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, the Dolphins are having a hard time scoring or moving the ball. I think that was the moment to me where I went, ah, oh, man, I'm not sure the Dolphins are for real as I thought they were. You know, oh, they, okay, you're big up front. You got a good defensive coach. There's obviously some things here that these coaches are seeing to go, wait, I, I got them broken down here. So we'll see where it goes. But, I, I but will, it didn't feel disqualified. No, I mean, it, it wasn't disqualified. Right. Still at that point, you felt like, oh, they could still write the Stuff shit. Happens. It was a bad night, whatever yeah. else, right? The Ravens felt like, uh-oh, that might be disqualifying. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. One thing I will say, and it's back to that grittiness, toughness with the Dolphins and all that, right? I still think they're a team, even like last night, that doesn't run the football enough. And I don't mean to say, like, I'm not one of these guys that just goes, run the football and not give you reasons why. 
it 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 it, it helps their team. It's, it's it's again they can't stop it. They can't stop it. The, to me, there is a problem with them almost every week right now. Where you look at it and you go, wait, they average over five yards per carry, and they just don't run the football enough, and that is an issue. Right, they're one of these teams too. When you talk about like where they where they were statistically running the football all year, they're one of the top running teams in football. But they're down in like the mid twenties as far as rushing attempts. Again, I'm not always into stats and numbers, but those little things. What they do tell me is that you don't run the ball enough. That is the problem. And yeah, they're in the middle of the league in, t- in attempts. So uh, that is one avenue I look at, and I know it's hard for them because Mike McDaniel's got all these cool plays and motions as you want to do that, but uh, I, I do think they need to lean on that, especially with this weather. They got a dangerous running back in HN, and they should have Raheem Mostert back next week. Uh, but I do look at that as one avenue to kind of like, hey, you can be better in this area. You can be more patient with this area. And I think it will help out all those over-the-middle Tyree kill passes and maybe get you a few deep shots down the field as well if you just you hang in there with the run game a little more. And if they're looking for bulletin board material, if they're looking for motivation, they're going to find it this week because no one is going to pick them to win. No. No one's going to pick them to win. No. They can truly Even say nobody Chiefs believes not playing in great. No yeah. one's going to pick them Not up, with the weather that they're going to walk into. Right. 56 to 19, Chiefs losing rested. the golden opportunity last night. Right. No one is going to pick them to win. I may pick them to win because <laughs> no one's going to pick them to win. Although I don't know that even with that, it's enough to overcome what they're going to be facing on Saturday night. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Another team from Florida that we thought was going to be a no-brainer. Steve Kornacki pointed out last night that at one point not that long ago, the Jaguars had a 96% chance of making it. It was a great point from Steve. Last year at the same time of the season, they had a 3% chance of making it, and they made it. This year with the 96% chance of making it, they didn't make it. They fell apart. It started with that game against the Bengals, that upset that went to overtime, that had a questionable holding call in overtime, that wiped out a 43-yard gain to Calvin Ridley. But regardless, they could never get out of it. Yes, they beat the Panthers last week. Who hasn't? Last night, well, yesterday afternoon, the Titans hosting the Jaguars. All the Jaguars got to do is win, and they win the division. The Titans playing for nothing other than pride, and they had plenty of it. 
They stuck it to the Jaguars. We were talking about that earlier. It just looked all game long yeah. like they were just waiting for the chance to blow it, and they ultimately blew it. They fell behind. They kept trying to come back. They just couldn't. The Titans held them off, and now the Jaguars completely fall out of the playoffs altogether. Unbelievable. That would have been to me when I looked at the, the various divisions going yeah. into the season. The Jaguars are the one team that I thought was most likely to win their division, period, end of statement, mainly because we didn't expect the Colts or the Texans to be anything, and they both ended up being great. Yeah. And that's it. Jaguars done. Tough pill to swallow if you're a Jaguars fan because you came into the season thinking we're going to be right back where we were last year. I mean, all that young talent, the quarterback headed in the right direction. Uh, you know, you thought, wait, they got guys on the defensive side of the ball. That's all arrow up. It's all going to come together. The Jaguars clearly are the best teams in the team in the AFC South. Just really fell apart towards the end of the season. I mean, that's all you can really say to it. I do think it's you know there there there's a few issues. I think they really start up front for the Jaguars on both sides of the ball. But I think you kind of said it right. I mean, they go down and get a field goal to start the game, but it was a lot of work. Tennessee gets the ball and goes right down the field. And you went, ooh, Tennessee is certainly motivated and running around and looks like they're playing a physical brand of football. They're not like sipping pina coladas going, I can't wait this to be over. I got somewhere to go tomorrow to get on a flight because the season's over. You know, they brought it to Jacksonville and brought it with the physicality and running the football. And then Ryan Tannehill made a few throws here or there. And then, yeah, every time he kind of felt like, hey, maybe the Jaguars are must or something, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, right? I mean, uh, Lawrence has two interceptions. One was not his fault. He's throwing the ball to Evan Ingram over the middle, and he juggles it and knocks it up in the air. Interception, short field for the Tennessee Titans. They get some points here. You'll see it here. Here's third and four. It's 14 to 10. Boom. You know, Evan Ingram drops the ball, pops in the air. Tennessee Titans get it. And if I remember correctly here, I think I think they got lucky there because the the Tennessee Titans turned the ball or no, the Tennessee Titans scored to go up 21 to 10 there. And then here's the other interception and we saw this a little from Trevor yesterday. He missed some throws high and just off target. Let's not forget if any quarterback in football's been beat up this year it's Trevor Lawrence. You know, let alone he hasn't practiced the last 2 weeks. And they don't have a run game in Jacksonville. That's a problem. It's too much on Trevor Lawrence this year. I think that we dissect their problems. It's didn't run the ball well this year. We're one of the poorer teams in football doing that. One of the poorer teams protecting the ball. And then pass rush we talked about all year. They couldn't get after the quarterback with their front four. Those are the biggest problems with Jacksonville. Other than Josh Allen, yes. who was, who was, he the, was the best the only thing they guy. had this year. And the only guy. Yeah. Right. That's what's amazing about it. They had one of the NFL sack leaders, but their team – was towards the bottom of football and sacks. That just tells you there was a lack of production there across the board. Uh, but, but either way, good job by the Titans. Derrick Henry goes out a winner. Ryan Tannehill had a great little run with the Tennessee Titans. He goes out a winner. And, yeah, I'm excited for this Titans future and what Vrabel builds there. With the Jaguars, the offensive line yeah. hits they took after the year. Definitely. The offensive line wasn't good enough. Anytime you're not running the ball, it's not because of the running backs. They have a first-rounder in Travis ATN. Yeah. You're not opening holes in the running game, right. and that makes it harder to pass right. because you become one-dimensional. The or exactly. they, can, they can keep the safeties back because they defense. know the front seven is going to tackle the run. Don't yep. be over-aggressive. They're going to try to throw the ball behind you here. Let's not bite it. Their run game's not that good, right? Yes, exactly right. And I think that's just kind of one thing kind of snowballed into another. And uh, they couldn't write the ship. 
You know, they got their butts whooped by the 49ers. That was our first warning sign. Well, and we thought we learned from that. We thought thought they got a glimpse of what they need to be when, you know, they try to go be an elite team. And it worked for a couple of weeks, and then the wheels came off. They were 8-3 and in early December. They lost five of the last six games. You know, they have one double-digit winning season in the last 16 years, and the quarterback of that team was your guy, Blake Bortles. Wow. The one time they had 10 or more wins. Team. 2017. Team. That was the year they almost made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Team. Team. You're right. Right? It's just, we, everybody's got to stop looking for Mahomes and Allen. That is, that's not going to happen. Lamar Jackson. They, they don't grow on trees. Right? Build a team. And even with them, you have to have the team. You got to have it. You got to. You know, but I think right now, I mean, listen, like Allen, Mahomes, there's like 12 of them in the history of football. Like, you're not going to get one. Like, get over it. You got to build the football team around it. And we see some teams here in, in the playoffs that have done that. And it's not all about the quarterback. But, yeah, they got to have – Trevor Lawrence has big-time talent. Did he have his best year? No. Was he beat up to death? Yes, he was. He was hit about as much as any quarterback in football. Christian Kirk got hurt. That hurt them on the offensive side of the ball, especially when we knew they had to throw the ball to win games. Uh, you know, they, had, they were a beat-up football team down the stretch. But, yeah, that was just underwhelming. And I think it's just the look of it, the look of yesterday and how they were outplayed and really, you know, kind of just like – like never got a last gasp effort where you really felt like they were outplaying the Tennessee Titans. The Titans hung in there and kind of just kept the pressure on them throughout. That's the kind of game. And it's, it's great having a former head coach in the viewing room. And we have these kind of casual conversations yeah. about coaches, maybe getting fired. Cause I see that eyebrow go up cause he wants to be involved in the He's conversation. He's like, wait, were they saying that about me when yeah, I lost yeah. the game? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We, yes. <laughs> Jason. Yes, we were. But, um, you know, his point is, well, they were a dysfunctional mess two years ago, and look at what right. Doug Peterson inherited. Yeah. But when you have high expectations yeah. and you fail that badly, that's the kind of thing that gets ownership to start thinking, what else is out there? Right. What can I do? What's missing? And when you consider, we've never mentioned this on the program, they had that employee who embezzled like $22 million. Right. Like, when you allow something like that to happen when whatever processes and procedures you have in place would allow someone to steal 22 million from you. That is a sign that something's not right in that business. And it pops up in all sorts of other ways, like a team that should be maybe even the number one seed in the AFC completely bottoming out in 2023. And, how is ownership going to deal with it? Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. Would they fire Doug Peterson? Would they think we're going to cast in our lot for Bill Belichick? Is Bill Belichick what we need here? You know, we've got the roster. I've been saying, and we're going to talk about Belichick coming up, keep an eye on the playoff teams. Somebody who loses may say, all we need is Belichick, and we go over the top. Shad Khan may be thinking of that today. Yeah. All, all we need is Belichick. You know, we, I tried it with Urban Meyer, and that was a disaster. And this Doug Peterson thing, it gave me kind of an illusion of what we could be. Belichick gives us what we could be. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm just saying, games like yesterday get people fired because the Jaguars should have won that game. The Jaguars should be in the playoffs, and it's embarrassing to Shad Khan and the rest of the organization. And you just you never know how they're going to deal with that. Well, Are they going to say, yeah. well, it's okay, we're going to stay the course, That's right. which is smart in most cases. Continuity and stability is the key. But – Again, dysfunctional teams are dysfunctional things. And after yesterday, I'm at least keeping an eye 
on what happens in Jacksonville in the coming days. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. The league's crazy, right? I mean, and of course, the the way it ended with you know a team that we all had a pretty high expectations for, and I, I don't think they were unrealistic. When you lose five out of the last six games, right? And some of those games looked like ugly, right? I, I think, yeah, that, that's a little concerning, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't panic if I'm Jacksonville. They're still on the right track. They're doing a lot of things. You know, the fact that they lost Jawan Taylor in free agency, they lost Cam Robinson with the injury. He's a really damn good left tackle. I do think hurt their football team. The Christian Kirk injury we talked about. They got to go back to the drawing board. They got to make some adjustments on the fronts on both sides of the ball. We'll see where it goes. I am, I, am I, you know, I know you talk about Peterson. I'm almost intrigued with Mike Vrabel. I don't know why. I just feel like somebody might play and make a play for Mike Oh, I Vrabel. think the Patriots are going to try to hire okay, him. Right. I think the, I mean, look, July 4th, somebody I have known for years, yeah. email me out of the blue, right. three weeks before training camp even right. opened. Right. Hey, happy 4th of July. By the way, look for Mike Vrabel to be the next Patriots head coach. There you go. So that's what I would look for. Vrabel, I think, is one of the best coaches in football. I think we both agree on that. He manages games perfectly. He has so many games where his team's not the more talented team on the field, and they win the game. That's because of coaching. You know, Two years ago, they were the number one seed in the AFC. I know they lost to the Bengals in the divisional round, but they weren't really a number one seed talent type of team, and they were still number one seed. They went to an AFC championship in a year where they weren't an AFC championship type of team, but he's an AFC championship type of coach. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm be interested there to see what he does. You know, he does have you know, some things to play with in Tennessee as far as they got a lot of money, they got their young quarterback set up, but they also need a lot of players and got a lot of work in front of them there. Be interested to see what happens with Vrabel here. Here's the thing. If he truly doesn't want to be there anymore, yeah. if he truly – if he goes in to meet with Amy Adams Strunk yeah. and says, hey, you know, I'd love to hear, but I really – you know, I, my heart's in New England. I'm in the Hall of Fame there. I just think it's time for a fresh start for everybody. It's kind of hard to get the best going forward and to have the right atmosphere when you have a guy who really doesn't right. want. It's like to the be quarterback there. no trade clause, right? It's right. like yeah, you know, you know, if you does, if the guy that's leading your team doesn't want to be here, then yeah. we don't, we don't want him, yeah. right? I mean, he's, he's still going to bust his ass. He's he still going to try the best he can be. But I think it keeps you from being your total best, special, right? When you have a guy who really would rather not be there and has yeah. another opportunity. The question is, what's it going to take? Yeah. What would they want from Robert Kraft to get? Mike Frable, but hey, Robert Kraft gave up stuff to get Bill Belichick, and it worked out well yeah. 24 years ago. But that's another thing to keep an eye on. I want to ask you about this. Okay. Trevor Lawrence goes rogue. Right. Calls the dive to the end zone on fourth and goal. Here, here he is. And, and I think we've set it up. Yeah. It was fourth and goal. They have a play called. He decides, I'm going to do the over-the-top, reach out my long arms, and get them. And he almost, he almost got it, but he didn't. Here he is after the game explaining his decision to change the play. Yeah, that's one of those plays like we talked about, uh, or like, like I just said, um, you know, I've scored on it four or five times and didn't on that one. So it's unfortunate and it's something I can learn from. And, you know, maybe that situation, you just let the play ride and, and, and hope you get in and, and let the guys up front do their job and the running backs and all that. And, you know, don't try to take that into my own hands. You know, that's something I got to watch it. And, make that decision but it's done now you know i made the decision and they, they trust me with those things and uh, didn't work so you know i gotta take accountability for that and you know at the end of the day it's on me if i decide to do it and don't get in you know it's one of those plays you if you do it you better score and i didn't so it's unfortunate 
Does he benefit from the lower profile of the Jaguars in that if he was a higher profile quarterback, would he have gotten killed for doing this? Uh, I don't know about that. I do think, I, I mean, I think your point's real, that in Jacksonville, yes, yeah, some of these plays and things like that kind of sneak under the radar. Like if Josh Allen does oh, it, what? I does mean, he get killed what? for it? I mean, ESPN's leading the today today. You know, oh, what? He's reckless. How can he do this? Even though he dominates the game and takes it over, he did this, so we got to blame the whole game on him. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, he gets away with it in that standpoint. Definitely. He does. But that's the way they are. Doug Peterson's from that school of coaching up there in Green Bay, Brett Farvish. They kind of empower the quarterback. Andy Reid, Mahomes, right? It's not always like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a drill sergeant. I'm a sergeant general, okay, and you have to do what I say. They let the quarterback, they go, hey, you're a player. We trust you. If you see something, go for it, right? I think that's there. What's weird to me on that one is, okay, I'm not mad at the overall decision, but when you say to your mind, like did 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 it looks like to me he just did it on on his own, right? He didn't even tell the offensive line. That to me is what's the problem with the issue. They're running a play off tackle to the right. They're running. You can see the tackle pulls. Look at Sherp. He's pulling here. Yeah. They're supposed to run here, so he's not getting quarterback sneak blocking up front. That's a great point. Right? So now you see that the pad levels are higher. He tries to jump over it, and people are kind of there, and he can't quite get over the hump to get that reach into the end zone. So that's where I think the problem is. You'd like your guys to be on the same page. I was on teams where the quarterback might have had the freedom and yet a code word to kind of say, like, hey, I'm going to the quarterback sneak. So now yeah. the blocking is the appropriate play for the quarterback sneak too. Right? Yeah, and that's all the more reason to not do it. And. You know, we've had this come up with the Eagles. We had it come up yesterday with the Saints. This idea of not listening to your coach, yeah, not buying weird, into right? what the coach is telling you. Right. I wonder what Doug Peterson truly thinks about Trevor Lawrence going so far rogue that his teammates didn't even know what he was doing. Because you're right, if you're going to change a play, you better make sure your guys are acting accordingly. And that just speaks to me of Trevor Lawrence thinking, you know what? I don't know why we're calling this damn play. I don't like this. Why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You know what? Screw it. Screw it. I'm just going to go over the top, and I'm going to score. Yeah, maybe that's I'm going to be the hero. To tighten up in Jacksonville, and, to your point. Yeah. Right? yeah. Across the board. they got to tighten up a little bit, and you know, maybe that's where Doug Peterson will reevaluate, and we'll see where this goes. But I, I still think they're a team that's got a lot of damn good players. Uh, I wouldn't panic and hi, you know, fire a Doug Peterson or anything like that. And I'm not saying you they know, should. I'm just know. saying you're, that you know the way the rule, the, the way, way the, the world is. is right now. And, and exactly. if you're if you're the owner of the team and you're trying to search for a reason to justify your inclination to make a change, you point to that play. You can't control your quarterback. You can't. Your quarterback doesn't believe in the play you called. Right. Why didn't he run the play you called? Why right. don't you have the relationship with him that allows him to defer to you? You know, why well, I need a quarterback yeah. and a coach relationship where there's more respect there. Whatever it is. Yeah. If he's looking for reasons, yeah. yesterday's game gives him reasons. We don't know that he's looking for reasons. We don't know that he wants to write another big check to somebody to no, go away. Don't do that. But, but yeah, stability and continuity are the key. It's easy when you're winning to be stable and to have continuity, it's harder when you're losing to resist the noise and say, we're staying the course. I'm not saying that they should make a change. Right. All I'm saying is history tells us weird stuff happens and teams that have a track record of dysfunctionality. Yeah. Teams that have a guy who embezzled $22 million before they figured out what the hell was going on. Right. I just wonder, do they have the right mindset, yeah, the right approach, the right the right attributes right. necessary to make these good decisions and to stay the course 
as they're watching the Texans go to the playoffs, yeah, right. as they as they right. go, as they see Bill Belichick floating around as a potential guy, you can go grab and make all the difference in the world. I mean, yeah. because again, like we say with this, when there's complaints about Mike Tomlin, you better be damn sure you're going to get somebody better. Well, Shad Khan may be thinking today, I could get somebody better. I could go get Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I understand that. Hopefully he can look at it and go, wait, you know, my guy, Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one pick in the draft, looked like not the number one pick in the draft for a year and a half. And then this guy got here and turned him around. And now we definitely have one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. And I think part of that turnaround and Doug Peter was going to argue with Shad Khan or anything is like, hey, the fact that, hey, I've added a positive energy and a looseness to let my quarterback go out and play. Yeah, that might be the reason he jumped over the pile, but it's also the reason, you know, we've been a player too. We can play loose, we fly around, and and we don't feel the pressure of the moment. Now, obviously, they didn't come through yesterday, and they didn't play good football for the whole month of December. And, you know, we can't forget to Trevor Lawrence. He did have a shot to hit Calvin Ridley deep on the wide open throw, right? Late in the football game. Late in the football oh. game, he's got he's got a little pressure in his face, right? One of their last drives of the game. Here you go. Two minute warning, just passed, second and two. Has to hasten the throw a little bit because someone's coming, but Again, we saw this a little, a few times yesterday. Hasten? Yeah, haste, 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 hasten. 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 Thank you. Hasten. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, but we saw this a little, like, stop throwing, quarterback, stop trying to throw these deep balls, like, and hit bullseyes 60 yards down the field. You know, let it land in an area, right? He was so open. Don't make it perfect. Just hit him. Just get the job done there. That certainly was a big opportunity that, that could have hasten their comeback by, by the way i'm reminded of our secret santa session from yesterday where somebody opened his gift and thought he was getting a special massage not a special message, message. Yeah. <laughs> slightly different yes uh, yeah i definitely didn't want a uh, massage from the person they surprised me with b- so b- by the way by the way yeah. by the way um to the extent that shad khan would be having visions of bill belichick doug peterson could kind of say hey 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 boss yeah, I did beat, I beat him, him in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. There you I go. did right. beat him in the Super right. Bowl right. once. Right, uh, <laughs> feels like a long time ago, but it did happen. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we're going to talk about Bill Belichick's future. But, but the Falcons took Black Monday very, very literally, man, and waited. They waited the clock for turned, Monday. Right? Right? They waited for Monday. Happy New Year, Happy New Monday. Now pack your stuff and go. We'll discuss the firing of Arthur Smith plus the future of Bill Belichick next here on PFT Live. Home isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 